are so glad you are here to worship with us this morning at Trinity and First Fire. We are so glad for everybody who showed up this morning, and we're just thankful for this nice, pleasant day. Hopefully we will uh, beat the heat this morning, um, but we just want to begin our time with some time of worship um, and just glorify our Lord this morning. still waiting father we sometimes feel like we're in a, a state of waiting god but we we're waiting and with with that waiting comes our strength father you do go before us you are not surprised you see the path that you have for us and you walk alongside of us god guiding us to the right and to the left you don't let us stumble father god you are good and in your goodness, we know that you will rise us. You will rise us up. You will let us rise like eagles, Father. That is your promise. 
We can't do it without you, Lord. Lord God, we give you all that we are this morning. We thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us. We just ask that you will go before us, Father, and keep lighting our path. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, everyone. A couple quick things I need to tell you as we start this morning. Um, first of all, we had a meeting um, today for the Leadership of First Fire. We're still going to have that. We're going to do it all on Zoom. We were going to do it in person and in, on Zoom. We're going to do it all um, on Zoom today. All right. Second, um, Trinity uh, Leadership, we're meeting next Sunday, um, and we'll do that via Zoom also. Um, so that's next Sunday. Both of those are at 1045. All right. Um, we're going to pick the story up where we left it off last week with Jonah. And um, Jonah's one of these guys that the more that I read, the more that we're talking about this, there's, there's moments that, um, you know, I want to push hard against Jonah and be like, Jonah, why are you so stubborn? Why don't you get it? Why don't um, you understand what's going on? And then there's these other moments that I'm very, very thankful that this story is here because myself, people I know, we struggle. And what we're going to talk about this morning, I think, is something that We've all struggled with, I think, particularly the last two or three months that we might have felt some of these things Jonah has felt. We're going to pick the story up in chapter 1 of Jonah, starting at verse 10, uh, going through verse 16. This is what it says. Um, they were terrified and said to them, what have you done? The men knew that Jonah was fleeing from the Lord because he had told them. Again, recap, they had just went down and they had cast lots. The lots fell to Jonah. Jonah was the cause for this huge storm that was brewing that was going to um, sweep them away, literally. They said to Jonah, what will we do about you so the sea will become calm around us? The sea was continuing to rage. He said to them, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm around you. I know it's my fault that this great storm has come upon you. The men rode to reach dry land, but they couldn't manage it because the sea continued to rage against them. So they called on the Lord saying, please, Lord, don't let us perish on the account of this man's life and don't blame us for his innocent blood. You are the Lord. Whatever you want, you can do. Then they picked up Jonah, hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased its raging. The men worshiped the Lord with a profound reverence. They offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made solemn promises. Let's pray together this morning. God, open your word up to us. Help us to see the things that we need to see. Let's be encouraged by your word this morning that no matter how bad things get and how much we want to give, give up, that you are present and you provide. Just lead and guide us this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Came across this story um, this week. 
and uh, it's by a, a man by the name of Henry Nowen. And um, he tells about this encounter um, while he was in Vietnam with a, with a monk. And this, this monk came in, sat down across from him, and, um, you know, I'm thinking kind of uh, Yoda, Gandalf-like, just kind of sat down, went straight into the story. This is what he said. He said, there was a man on a horse galloping swiftly along the road. An old farmer standing by the fields, seeing him pass by, called out, Hey, rider, where are you going? The rider turned around and shouted back, Don't ask me, just ask my horse. The monk then looked at, at Henry and said, That is your condition. You are no longer master over your own destiny. You have lost control over the great powers that pull you toward an unknown direction. You have become a passive victim of an ongoing movement which you do not understand. The now one says this, It seemed as if he carved his message on my skin like a tattoo and then asked me to let it be seen wherever I go. I bet if we all could go around and share stories, there's been moments over the last few months that we feel like that rider on the horse and the horse is moving us along, dragging us down a path and we don't really know where we're going. We feel completely out of control. And so what do we do when we feel we are being drugged along, going someplace we don't want to go? What do we feel like when we've reached the end of our rope and we are completely out of control? A couple of things we can learn from Jonah and what how God related to Jonah. In this moment where Jonah was caught, because he was caught Jonah was honest he had told the other sailors I am running from God Jonah also knew it was his fault that the sea was raging around them Jonah was ready in this moment to give up and be done with it let me say this very clearly Jonah knew at least he thought he knew that if they threw him into the sea that was the end of his life, and he was okay with it. Have you found yourself at the end of your rope any time in the last few months? This is what I love about the Bible and the credibility of this story. Is that the, the scripture does not gloss over and make these people better than they actually are. Jonah was a broken man. We're going to see Jonah hoping for his death again in Jonah chapter 4. And so again, I'm not a psychiatrist by any stretch of the imagination. But knowing that Jonah had a, uh, a leaning and a bent towards defeatism. This was, was an idol that he worshipped. This moment where he would say, I can't do that. And even if I could do that, it doesn't matter. Or a phrase like, it doesn't matter anyway. I would assume that if, if we sat down and talked, there would be a, a phrase that, that when you get to the end of the rope, end of your rope, you say over and over. You either say it out loud to other people, and it's a signal that I'm done. Or it's a, a phrase that you just say internally over and over again. 
we all have these phrases and we use them when we go and we worship at the altar of defeatism. Let me tell you some good news today. I need all of us to hear this. God does not abandon us even when we have given up on ourselves. God does not abandon us even when we give up on ourselves. God's love does not quit. His loyal love for us does not cease. It does not stop. It keeps going and going and going. And even when we've given up up on ourselves and on life, God does not give up on us. The larger picture that's going on here is that even though that Jonah had come to the end of his rope and he was giving up and he was bowing down to defeatism, in waiting in the wings, literally under the raging sea, there was a large fish. The next verse in verse uh, 17, 18 of chapter 1, it's going to say that, it's going to say a phrase that sounds something like, and God provided a fish to swallow Jonah. In the moments where our life is broken and things feel like they're falling apart and we just want to give up, God does not give up on us. He provides places of refuge. We might not like them. Please hear me. The belly of the fish is dark and dank and smelly. But in this this safe place in the midst of the raging sea, Jonah was given a gift. He got clarity. Remember the verse we keep on coming back to? It was in the belly of the fish that he got the perspective that those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. You see, from the moment of him giving up and saying, just hurl me into the sea, God provides, even in that moment when Jonah had given up on himself, God provides a way, a place of safety, a place that Jonah got perspective. I need us to hear this morning, if we are on the edge of giving up, know this. God already has a fish standing nearby. He already has something nearby that will provide us perspective, will provide us insight into who we are and how we relate to God. And this is good news. Because sometimes in those moments we want to give up, those are the moments where we have exhausted all of our natural resources, all that we can do on our own. And it's in those moments when we come to the end of ourselves that God does his best work. <coughs> and God is always, always working on us to bring us to a greater perspective. He wants us to be able to see what life is, how we can have life to the full, and how we can trust in Him. He wants us to be whole 
and healthy spiritually. He wants us to be moving with his will and wants in the world. But know this, we cannot move with him if we are running from him. We cannot move with him if we are if we remain in the grips of defeatism. But the good news, and please, please walk away with this today. Even when we're ready to give up on ourselves, God does not leave us there alone. It's not okay with him for us just to give up and not have a way out. He is in the business of providing ways and spaces for us to see the truth about where we are and where we're heading. So here again today, God does not abandon us even when we've given up on ourselves. God right now in this moment is wanting to move us towards a better perspective. Even if that way leads through a dark and nasty place. No matter how far we fall, we are still in God's hands. No matter how far we fall, we are still in God's hands. This morning, as we close service, the, the band is going to uh, sing a new song, introduce it. And in the midst of the song, we're going to take time to stop and Sarah's going to lead us in prayer. And as you listen to this song, and if you've come here this morning and either in the last few days, the last few weeks, the last few months, you've reached that point where you feel like you just have to give up. Be encouraged this morning and as we pray together, as we pray together, and sitting there in your car, just pour your heart out to God and let Him know that you are ready, that you're willing to see what He needs you to see. And I pray that in these moments you know in the deepest part of your soul that God will never give up on you. If you want to find the lyrics to this as we sing, and it is new to all of us, um, those lyrics, again, are on firstfire-trinity.com under the Sunday service lyrics button on the first page. Um, you'll be able to follow along with us.
treasures that fade are never enough. You came along, put me back together, and every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing 
parts of our life, the parts of our hearts that we want to keep hidden away because we are ashamed. He takes those places and he brings them into his glory so that we can reflect him, so that we can be who we are truly meant to be. We can be our true selves by reflecting the new creation that we've been made to be in Christ. Some of us right now are covered in ashes. In the Bible, when they were going through mourning times, they would, they would take off their comfortable clothes and they would put on sackcloth, which was itchy and it scratched and it was plain and ugly because it reflected what they were feeling on the inside. And then they would take ashes and they would heap them upon their heads out of just sheer mourning. And some of us are sitting in that place. Some of us can feel the scratch of that sackcloth on our skin. We can feel the ashes. We feel covered in dirt. And so we're taking this time. If you are in that place of mourning, you are in that place of grief, God takes those those ashes and he turns them into something beautiful. He covers us in garments that are comfortable and full of love and soft. are in a place that we are sick. We have family members who are physically sick, who are hurting, whose physical bodies are dying. God takes those people, he takes that grief, he takes those sick bodies and he raises them up. He heals them because he is the great physician. If that is where you are, if that is where your loved ones are, our God takes gardens and plants them in places that they were
is consistent and he is the same no matter what part of the path you're on. God's promises remain the same. And we can worship him the same. Whether we are worshiping him in the valley or we're worshiping him on the mountaintop, he is worthy of the praise of both places. So I'm going to pray. And then we're going to continue just to sing and give God all the glory this morning because he is a good
the fresh outpouring, God, of your goodness on us. We love you, Lord, and it's in the name of your Son, Jesus, that we pray.